0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, guide us in this time. Give us the grace to pray. To open our hearts completely. To you. To be flooded with your light, your life, your strength, your truth. Help us to receive you. To receive Jesus and his gift of himself, and the communion with the Father that is our inheritance. Help us to simply rest in this truth, in this reality, this morning, and to learn and to grow. We thank you for your gift. And we desire to give ourselves to you as a gift as well. So enjoy. Your friendship. Amen. In the Father, and in the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to start today. So here's the outline for my plan. And uh, this is our last one. So I also want to leave room for questions and any final thoughts. Um, but the plan is we're going to just pray with the passage uh, right now as we've been doing. And then instead of sharing right away what uh, is going on, I'll just kind of let that grace sort of sink in. And then Monica has graciously uh, um, volunteered to do sort of like a public prayer processing, if you will. Not quite spiritual direction, but just processing either something that comes up in prayer this morning or something that she's been praying with. Um, And maybe like 10, 15 minutes of just helping... Go deeper with that so you can get a sense um, of what that looks like, uh, what spiritual direction could be, or this, this method of contemplative spiritual direction, this method of contemplative prayer. And then just to be attentive to what's going on in the encounter, what's going on in Monica's prayer, uh, and in the conversation with God. But then also, maybe more importantly, what's going on in your own, your own heart. You know, this is not like how to... Monica's so good at it, now you got to be good at it too. But rather, to just like all of the... The point of all of this, and I hope I've reiterated this enough, is to simply open up to receive, to receive God. And that you don't need to be good at anything to do that. Um, the more you can... Um, kind of let go of self-reliance and let go of technique and enter into the mystery of this mysterious encounter known as prayer that God is tirelessly calling us to, um, the better. But still, it's helpful to see other people pray, Um, as long as we don't fall into the temptation of comparison, uh, just to say like, oh, that's possible. You know, it's not so scary. It's pretty simple, actually. So that's my hope for today, is to just give you more encouragement. And then to go over uh, specifically the third R, we've talked a lot about the first R of relating, but then the third R of receiving. Um, this uh, this question, what is God like? You know, can sometimes be a little bit, I don't know, you know, or maybe it's imaginative, and it feels very tempting to think I'm just making it up. So, what is it actually like to perceive God, perceive and receive Him? Um, and then just wherever the conversation takes us, um, but those are my hopes for today. So the passage is Luke 5 verse 17. I'm following the healing of the paralytic. And as I've been doing, I'll just read it the three times with a pause in between each one. Just be attentive to what's going on in your heart, what, what moves, thoughts, feelings and desires, and then to relate them the Lord, and to just perceive how he is towards you in that, in those thoughts, feelings, and desires. And so, we'll begin. One day as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought on on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence. But not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, As for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God. And struck with awe they said we have seen incredible things today one day as jesus was teaching pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of galilee and judea and jerusalem and the power of the lord was with him for healing and some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence, but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, As for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home. Glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God, and struck with awe, they said, We have seen incredible things today. One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence. But not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, As for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all and they glorified God and struck with awe. They said, we have seen incredible things today. Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. My Father I ask you the, the grace to rest and to receive. To be ourselves in your presence. Bless this time. Help us to pray through Jesus. Amen. Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Hello. Hi. Um, so this, even from like what we were just praying with, the last phrase there stood out to me of like the they were struck with awe. Um, but what that brought me back to is kind of what I've been praying with since like, last week and, last, and also on Palm Sunday um, of like imagining uh, Jesus' entrance in Jerusalem, like riding on a donkey, and I'm like in the crowd. Um, and there's just this recognition of like who Jesus is of like, yeah, in a sense, like all of these like ways I've known him to work in my life and like the ways he's like loved me very well and it's just like oh that's that man is sitting there on the donkey and just like I'm like yeah like the movement in my heart is that same like the same sense of when there's like the procession at seek or like when the Eucharist comes around and it's just like I just want to like bow down before him um and as I like imagine myself doing that um it's like he he like stops the procession and like gets off the donkey and like comes over to me um and, like, yeah, like, raises my head, like, kind of, like, picks me up off the ground, Um, and, yeah, there's just, like, it's just me and him, and it's kind of terrifying, because it's, like, I've, like, also, at the the same time, understand, like, it's, like, this man, who loves me very well, but also, he's, like, so powerful, and has done so much for me, um, yeah.
0: Uh, talk more about the terror, there's... The terrified. What's that like?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like a like a fear. Like, it's not like I'm like afraid of him. It's more, um, yeah, just like aware of my own littleness and like his own like um, greatness and um, yeah, almost like a like a nervousness in there too of like yeah I don't know
0: just like he's God so yeah your smallness and his greatness there is a fear there whether it's nervousness some kind of anxiety but like as he's coming in a sense coming close to you Mm -hmm. talk more about what that experience is like besides just nervous or
1: Fear. I am in a sense there's kind of like an unworthiness or almost like I'm aware of everyone else in the crowd and them like slightly fearing that they're like why is she getting the special treatment mm. um, and yeah I mean at the same time it's like why is it coming to me mm-hmm. um, and
0: yeah I don't know so there's like a self consciousness yeah, that's a good
1: word.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a desire there? As he's coming closer and you're kind of aware of this little bit of restless or how do you want to put it? Yeah, the self-consciousness, the nervousness. Is there a desire in your heart as he comes close?
1: Yeah, I think the desire is just to like draw closer to him and to like not be Mm self-conscious
0: to just be conscious of him yeah and his greatness Mm -hmm. let's try to do that
1: yeah i think like as i pray with that um it's, well, basically, I just, like, told Jesus about the self-consciousness and, that, and, like, that I don't want to, like, yeah, told him that I'm thinking about all these people and, um, yeah, he just, like, kind of pulled me closer into himself to the point where it's, like, I can't even, like, see them, like, they're not there anymore. Um, yeah, i really just, like, the sense of, like, he, uh, he doesn't, like, he cares about them, but, like, in context of me and him, he doesn't care about them. Um, Like, they're not important to him in this moment. Um, And that, like, I am what is important to him.
0: Mm -hmm. So you have a sense you know that you're important to him. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It is. (laughs) Can you just rest in that? Sure. Just pay attention Mm to what it's like.
1: me closer, and as you like draws me closer, um, on one like, well, one thing I notice is that that same like anxiety, fear, insecurity is like not there anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, and just like he's like very lighthearted and like, um, yeah, just like very like happy that I'm there kind of thing and like um, yeah and like on mine it just feels like very safe and secure and like right.
0: So there's a sense that you give him your closeness gives him joy.
1: Yeah.
0: It's wonderful. It's Really cool. Mm-hmm. And that you get a sense of safety and security. You don't, like him, have to think about everybody else at this moment. You can just be in with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's the invitation, is just stay there with him. It seems like he's drawing close to you, and you just, the closerness is what's giving you that, that rest, mm-hmm. and there's nothing else you need to do. There's no takeaway, but just be in that that's the goal good anything else? Um, I don't think so I nice. just give thanks Send Holy Spirit amen thank you Father for this <coughs> opening up of your heart to us your closeness in Jesus and the joy that you have in being close to us us to Monica. Help us to rest in that truth. Find our security in you. And Mary, help us. Teach us. Keep us close to Jesus. Amen. Your Son, Holy Spirit, amen. If you want to stay there just for one oh, second. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh uh, Thank you, Monica. You're
1: welcome. I all know my heart. <laughs>
0: Any uh first reactions in your own your own heart as we Monica was talking about hers? I think one thing that like I noticed when you first like prompted her to go back to that place. Um you just, like, when you came back to, like, tell us about it, you're, like, yeah, I just told him this is what I was experiencing, like, self-consciousness, like, it was very simple. Like, you weren't trying to, I think when I, like, get invitations to, like, go back to that place, I, like, I'm already anticipating what I should be getting out of it versus, like, what I'm feeling. And so you're, like, I just told him about it and then waited for him to respond. And, like, that was, like, really good for me to hear of, like, don't try to act for God. Basically, you know, um, let him act on upon, like, what you're feeling. It's very simple. Not easy, but simple. That was good. Nice. Monica, can you describe your experience a little bit? Like, what what was helpful? What was, what was going on besides what you obviously revealed, but, like, in the being directed or in the being led into the encounter. Is there anything pulling you out of that or any decisions you had to make? Like, what did you mean by telling it to God? And
1: mm-hmm. um, I think something that was really helpful was, like, even just, like, I don't know if you know it, like, I felt it in myself and you're like, oh, self-consciousness. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's always really helpful for me of, like, I talk in circles and then someone, like, puts it really concisely and it's like, oh, that's, that's what's going on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then I think, I mean, one thing, too, is just, like, in this context, it, like, it was actually a really beautiful grace to be able to pray of, like, to forget about everyone else because <laughs> in this context, it's, like, yeah. everyone's listening to my prayer. Yeah, I think, like, that choice to just, like, say, like, to tell him, like, I'm concerned about everyone else. Yeah, there was just, there's a sense that, like, it wouldn't be prayer if I hadn't told him that. Like, I, I wouldn't, we wouldn't actually be relating because I'd be holding that back from him. Um, and it wasn't this sense of like telling him because I like needed him to fix it. it was more just like this is where I'm at right now mm-hmm. um and so I think like that was that's always that's something that like I always have to catch myself in of like I assume if i some the the like thought is like if I tell Jesus this, then he's gonna make it, he's gonna fix it mm-hmm. he's gonna fix whatever unpleasant thing I'm experiencing, and that's just like this ha this time it did happen, but mm-hmm. like um, a lot of times that doesn't happen, and I have to recognize that relating doesn't mean fixing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it's tempting to go into prayer thinking, Jesus is the means to the end of my problems being solved or mm-hmm. feeling good. Or
1: like my emotions being regulated in a mm-hmm.
0: sense. But it was like you were able to, in that moment, by just being yourself and telling him what was going on, he was the goal. It was like just being with him, close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, led to this joy and this safety and this security, but it, it was in communion. It wasn't like, thanks for the gift, now I'm going to go off and be myself. It's mm-hmm. like aiming at the Lord. And then you didn't have to go anywhere from there, and you can go back to that all day mm-hmm. and stuff. It's not, now you're not alone.
1: I think also just in my prayer, the recognition of like, and it, you said this at the end, I think, as you were recapping it. But like, um, yeah, even as I was praying, like it was Jesus was the one coming to me. It wasn't that I had to like put myself into it, like get in His line of vision or like anything like that. It's like, okay, He's the one doing this. Like I, I could never have imagined that He would have like stopped a procession and like come to me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like just clearly that was the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's not me making this up in my head.
0: Can you talk about how you knew that?
1: Well, like I said, because I wouldn't make it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. I just know it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in in my own mind, as I like as I've grown in prayer, I'm able to distinguish when it is I am writing a script and Jesus is acting it out, versus like mm-hmm. it's just happening. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's an awareness of your own heart's disposition in that moment, like this openness versus the grabbing and moving. and. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. And I think too, something I've been like a theme I've been praying with recently is just like to take my eyes off myself and put them on Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's like in prayer, I know that if I'm focusing on like, just like focusing on Jesus and not so much thinking about like, uh, what would I do? Like all these things. It's a, it's a hard dynamic of like, I want to relate, be, acknowledge what I'm feeling and relate it to him. But I also just wanted to like relate it to him and like leave it there and mm-hmm. like focus on him and not what I need.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Any last thoughts on the Monica's experience of being privy to this prayer? Something that I appreciated was um, once, like, sh- you had shared, um, like, the invitation that you made of, like, to return to that place and stay there, I think it was a good, like, reminder of what you said just a few moments ago, of, like, the the point isn't, it's not like a, like a magic eight ball, right, where it's like, no, not yet, or something like that, where <laughs> it's like, okay, got. let's see, like, what comes, let's try, try it again, see what he says this time, you know? But, like the where the whole point of prayer is to be in relationship, like prayer is relationship, and so it's like the point is like once this grace is gone, like it's not to like grasp it like a like a I don't know like a jewel or something, um but to be like, oh, now I get to like remain in this and like, wow, that was that's like that's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I appreciated that I
1: think the other thing that using to think of in this is like. I remember when I first kind of experienced spiritual direction in this way, there's a temptation to feel like I need my prayer to be good enough to make it worth the director's time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just like a lie. Like, I think I had to learn like really quickly of like if I came, if you had said like, why don't you just sit there for a moment? And then I came back and I was like, I don't know I was distracted and thought about 12 different things. Like, that's okay. That's prayer. Um, And so, yeah, just to like not feel like I need... This prayer to be good enough, but just to, like let Jesus do what He wants to do. That's
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really great. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. Yay. Hey.
1: <laughs> we went to class. I, I went to class with like my prayer. prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Jesus. I'm really good at praying, guys. You can't be good at praying, Monica. Just... I'm really good <laughs> at receiving <laughs> <laughs> and relating <laughs> and responding. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that, I know you guys are joking, but that's kind of, uh, that can be a rut we get into, is even, even though, maybe we feel like we are good at receiving, or relating, or whatever, um, but that, I mean, it's kind of providential that your grace was letting go of self-consciousness, um, because, and in this context, it's very hard not to be self-conscious, because it, it, it's tempting to think it's a performance, and we joke about it, but like, it's because we know the difference, between performing for somebody and actually relating to them and attending to their heart as they attend to your heart. Uh, it's a very intimate place. But we also saw the miracle of, the, of grace that Jesus did do it, you know, um, in spite of our humanity, and in spite of those things that are maybe distracting to us. And it was by acknowledging the very thing that was happening, which is that this is hard for us. We want it so, so deeply to just be in that place of safety of giving someone who knows us, our beloved, joy just by being ourselves in their presence close to them. Uh, but there's just some fear in us or there's some anxiety or some <coughs> fallenness that needs to like call out to be special. You know, that I don't trust that Jesus is going to stop a procession and come to me. Um, and so I need to like make a point of it or or not rely on that to happen, but instead rely on my own. Um, goodness at this technique you know and so just to keep acknowledging that is very helpful to say that this this can be a rut that I'm falling into um and having a good sense of humor about ourselves is very clutch and just realizing when that's happening um and again bringing it into into relationship but again getting to that second R you know, that's it. We're talking again about acknowledging and relating those, those two things just I will beat that dead horse because it is so crucial to do that uh, to be able to acknowledge instead of trying to fix my self-consciousness stopping so self-conscious um, to just be self-conscious with God acknowledge relate but then that that second R, that receive um, it's very personal how the Lord comes to us but I mean it's also an objective matter of faith uh, that he is present to you in everything. Um, St. Augustine said, he's more intimate to me than I am to myself. God knows everything. Um, Psalm 139, Lord, you, you know me and you probe my heart. You know my resting and my rising. Nothing is hidden from him. And the sheep hear my voice and they recognize me, you know, and they will follow me. Like, we know Monica's answer to the question, how'd you know it was God, not you just making it up or making him follow your script. I don't know, I just know. It, it's like the way the sheep just can tell the difference between the thief and the shepherd and they follow him, you know. Uh, and part of what is, you know, frustrating sometimes when you're asking yourself that question, am I making this up? Is this all made up? Is that maybe you are struggling Like they, like there's a, a feeling that this isn't the Lord, you know. This is me trying to work out a feeling, conjure a decision or something, some peace around something or whatever. Rather than simply being a child, acknowledging my smallness and his bigness and his love and that I it's okay and I he's not asking me to solve this problem right now, you know? Like that sort of entering into reality and um the scary thing is like, okay, how do I? If I'm stuck in this, how do I get to that? Um, and that's where spiritual direction can be helpful. Um, and it's it's really what spiritual direction is for. It's not, it's not to solve your problem, not to have a wiser person that can tell you what you should do or what's wrong or heal your wounds or anything like that. It's just to help you acknowledge the truth of what's actually happening, which is God is leading you in His providence all the time through your personality, through your story into a closer relationship of friendship with him that's all he wants for you and with you
1: well and i think even just to jump into that like it could have been tempting as a spiritual director when you hear like oh i like have a self-consciousness mm-hmm. to like then want or like what we often try to do is like figure out like oh where's that coming from like why mm-hmm. are you feeling self-conscious but instead your response was like okay like bring that word," mm-hmm. and like that was like actually what be really helpful mm-hmm. so i think just like give
0: an example of like that's what spiritual is for not fixing it right so sometimes this like what is god like question can be it just it's like triggering or something like i don't know um so before you even jump to that you know like if you're if you're in the ar and you're hoping to get to r um before before being like what is he like Ooh, is that Jesus with the beard in there? You know, um I'm stuck in the crowd, you know, like if you imagination, sometimes like that was a hang up for me, is like I don't think I'm just as as a, am as imaginative as these people who describe these beautiful scenes and there's all sorts of like there's very specific what kind of tree is there and all you know, and I'm just like, Oh, it's like me and him and there's a noise or whatever. You know? Um and maybe that's just the way I experience reality. I'm not as keyed into all the details or something, but However I do experience reality, God is in it, you know. Um, And so before answering that question, what is God like, to just answer his invitation to rest in his presence. So that's not a mental thing. It's a voluntary thing. it's 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 a heart choice, which is made in cooperation with God's grace. So even though, like, there's a part of me that, like, can't make that choice, that there's something I don't even understand happening in my heart, that's making me hide, that's making me try to grasp or rely on my own resources to solve this problem. But the Holy Spirit is inviting me and he is working to draw me out of myself into communion. And so I just need to answer that invitation, just say yes to him. And like, let him do the work there. It was also a beautiful part of Monica's grace was that there was just this nervousness and there's people around and there's people around and (laughs) Um, but the Lord, he answered that by just coming closer. And she could say yes to that. She she had a sense that I could say yes to that. One thing that can be helpful in, in this uh, realm is uh, this thing that St. Ignatius, I might have brought this up before, he suggests before any period of prayer to spend the space of an Our Father just looking at God, looking at you. You know, I think I might have used this analogy before, like before... Um, you just like open the door of a room and start shouting things into it like turn the light on and acknowledge the presence of a person in the room a lot of times we, we come into prayer and we just we start talking and we start thinking acknowledging our things but there's a grace in just simply coming into God's presence and even if that is more than a space of in our Father even if that's 15-20 minutes of a holy hour Like that's, that's communion, that's prayer so it's acknowledging you're here. that <laughs> the famous story of the, the farmer that came in to St. John Vianney's church every morning? Um, I look at him and he looks at me. That's it. Um, but that's a profound place of communion. Your whole life can grow out of that. Um, even if you don't have sophisticated spiritual words to put to that, just looking at God, looking at you, um, you get to know each other that way. But that can, that can be a helpful way of just entering in so that prayer isn't this thing I'm achieving or getting good at or figuring out, but an encounter I'm entering into. And I like this analogy. I read it in an article uh, a long time ago. But um, the psychological uh, phenomenon of mind blindness, it's a developmental psychology thing like ch- little children, are mind-blind in the sense that they think that they're the only mind in the world and like everybody else including their parents and siblings and stuff are just like trees and buildings and stuff they're just but they move around and they do stuff you know but they don't have the sense yet that like oh they're a mind like me they have experiences and they have desires and they're acting out of feelings and things like that but then you grow to a certain point and then you have the ability to empathize because you're like oh I'm not the only person You know, and so I can like, and it it allows us to enter into friendship and to communion and to love because we're not alone. Um, But it also costs us something, you know. If I am the only person, then you're all just here to make my life better. Um, And if you make my life worse, then I can just shoo you away or hurt you or whatever. But there are people who who never get out of mind blindness. Um, And it's like certain severe forms of autism are like this very terrifying way to live because like peop- it's you can't enter into other people's experience. Um, and a, a story of a of a family whose daughter was uh, like nonverbal, severely autistic, and um, she would get violent and like uh, act out because she was confused and scared. And but they would like put her in a high chair and, and she would eat with them. Um, every night, and just always needed to have somebody with her. Uh, but she was kind of dangerous, you know, so, and so she often needed to be restrained or, or not be around a lot of stimulus. So um, she spent a lot of time in her room, but her siblings would all either one of her parents or one of her siblings would always accompany her and be with her so she wasn't alone. Uh, but she just couldn't enter and she did, couldn't understand I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, these people are related to me. Um, and in heaven, she will understand it, but like because of this. Um, this fallen, whatever result of the fall, uh, there's this suffering, and there's this inability to connect, and the father would talk about, it It was a friend of a friend, but um, I heard the stories through him, that he would just, when he was alone with her in the room, he would just look at her in the eye, and just see that she couldn't connect, you know, and everything in his heart was just like, I wish I could get you to understand that I would die for you, like, I you're you're my daughter, and uh, you're the most important thing. Um, but she just can't, and that's okay. Like he doesn't hold that against her. Obviously, it's something she can't help. But um, sin makes us spiritually like that, uh, mind blind, even autistic. Sometimes, like we just can't imagine. There's a father right in front of us who just wants to relate to us. Who just wants. To communicate his love. And so that's why I say that St. Ignatius exercise before the period of prayer can be a holy hour, can be a retreat. It's just enter into the fact that God is a mind as well. He's not a karmic force who is like there for me when I need comfort or, you know, uh, is like a moral force that kind of. Is the undergirding of my thought system so that I can win arguments and be right? Um, he's a father who just desperately wants me to to receive his love, so that I can live a full life and give him joy by being close to him. Um, he's our home. So again, let's like <laughs> the the pitfall with all of these things is like stop being mind blind. Okay, this thing is. <laughs> this thing is a technique to get out of your mind blindness. But just, I find it helpful to name that and to, to realize, like, that's happening to me right now. Like, I, I'm I'm not entering into uh, the reality of God's personal presence right now. It's just more like, I'm anxious, I'm scared, I'm angry, irritated, uh, restless, and maybe prayer will fix it uh, instead of TV or whatever, you know. Um, and treating God as a means to an end, but instead of being like, okay, I'm just this person who's got a lot going on and I, and you want to be part of it. <laughs> that's cool. And, and to, again, make that relational choice in cooperation with God's grace that he's inviting me into something that I don't even understand and I can't do on my own. But it's, a, it's always available to me. Always. Okay, that's basically all I have for you. If there are questions or comments. Can
1: you talk a little bit about how a person would like prepare for spiritual direction like um, I think there's a, a tendency to show up spiritual direction and your spiritual director is like what do you want to talk about and you're like what mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like as the directee it's like I'm expecting my spiritual director to just yank things out of me um. so it's like how can we as the directees show up like prepared to like bring something actually to you?
0: Good question. Um, I mean, in this mode of spiritual direction, this more contemplative mode where it's basically just more prayer, mm-hmm. um, I mean, some people, when they come to spiritual direction, what they're asking for is like advising or, or teaching, basically, like teach me how to pray. Um, but if, you, if you've gone through a course like this or you're, you're living a habit of prayer, um, you know how to pray, and the spiritual director is just there to help you go deeper. Some people, in order to go deep in prayer or in spiritual direction, just need to barf out a bunch of facts. You know, <laughs> like ah uh, it's just been a really busy week, and uh, you know, guy asked me out, and I had to say no. I'm feel really bad, and all this. You know, like just stuff that's going on in your life um, that's making you feel things um, is not really the content of spiritual direction. But so- sometimes people just need to say it in order to go. And then what I'll usually be like is like, huh. Sounds like a crazy week. So where are you at right now? Like what's going on in your heart right now? Or what's stirring? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the person will be like, wow, to be honest, uh," you know, and then they'll go into the truth, you know, like not just um, the news reel or the headlines, but like having a conversation Mm -hmm. and like, okay, now let's talk to God about that. God is in the room, you know, like even if you didn't pray, you had a really bad month and you didn't pray a single minute consciously I mean it seems impossible to me <laughs> if you have a, a habit of prayer that, that you could just go around as if God didn't exist for a month um, but maybe you did but then the point of that spiritual direction session is to just acknowledge God's real again you know and that you're not alone um, and as long as I don't have to like teach you that or evangelize you and be like there's this God, he's three and one, you know, He sent his son to die for us. Like, those fundamental, like, obviously you can't pray if you don't believe. But you believe, and then you have this, ha- this contemplative habit of heart to notice what's going on in your thoughts, feelings, and desires, relate them to God, and then receive grace in those places. Then the point of spiritual direction is not to like have your journal ready and be like, okay, I want to go back to this grace and process this grace. And process. Like, what, what, we, what just happened was there was a grace that was related to something that we prayed with just now, but also kind of in the last week, and just sort of like, this is what's going on, and this is important to me, so it's important to God. That kind of, uh, sort of a question about like picking mm-hmm. passages to pray with, that sometimes I'll go to spiritual direction, um, and you know, sometimes. Uh, well you know and Father Tom will like give maybe a couple suggestions of things I can pray with and sometimes not, and like a part of me appreciates the suggestions and like oh, I like it's comforting to have someone be like, "I think this could help mm-hmm. but then I also will feel this pressure to be like, "Oh, now I feel like there's a certain grace mm. i'm supposed to get from this passage." says, feels this paralytic, so am I supposed to get healed or desire healing or something mm. like that? It's this, like, mm-hmm. and then I'll get caught in this loop that I'm sure I'm supposed to relate to God. That I feel something <laughs> like. But then I'm like, God, I do want this, and I'm coming to this passage kind of maybe hoping for something, but also wanting to be detached enough that I'm, like, actually praying and not just being like, now I will use this passage to get this thing that I want. Yeah. Your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, a spiritual director is not a person who can read souls and therefore like, give you, like, okay, pray with this one. And then he's thinking, okay, can't wait till God does this thing that I already know he's going to do, so then you can come back next time and tell me about it. Like, he's not helping you grow in that really specific way. It really is more like a marriage counselor. I'm getting, here are some ways that maybe could help you relate what's going on in your heart to to God, uh, but he's going to do the talking, and you're going to do the knowing when it's God and when it's not, and where he's leading you and stuff. And That's where I mean, like I, I remember certain things from previous appointments with people, but generally it doesn't matter, like if I know you really well, because um, God knows you, and you know yourself. Um, so yeah, like some people like just I mean, I've been on retreats where the director gives me like 10 things to pray with. And then I've got direction the next day. I'm not going to pray with all those things. But some of them are going to um, prompt something in my heart. And I'm just going to go with that. You know. But you also bring up a good point that sometimes it can, if you just go into the chapel and you don't have a plan, you don't have any pastors to pray with, and you're just like, I'm just going to let God kind of reveal himself here. And you just spend the whole time kind of distracted and um, not really praying. It can be it can be helpful to just as if like you were to go into a a conversation with some you're going to have a coffee with somebody uh, to go in um, not with a plan of like what we're going to talk about and what I hope to get out of this time but like uh, I want to connect with this person you know so I'm going to be intentional about the questions I ask and um, paying attention you know if my thoughts wander while they're talking I'm going to try to not do that, um, I'm going to get enough sleep you know uh, stuff like that so but it can be very helpful to have a passage maybe that you've been praying with uh, and go back to it or if like something new comes up like some, honestly sometimes people will just mention something or something comes up in the mass and, it, and I'll think like oh I should pray with that later and then i just either write it down or remember it next time I go to prayer uh, and then to have a grace you're asking for you know, even if it's just like, help me pray, or help me receive your love, or help me understand why you love me. Or, um, you know, something that's on your heart to ask for from God uh, can be helpful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. give you thanks, Almighty God, for all your graces poured out in our hearts, and we'll continue to trust in your goodness. Help us to pray. Give us your Holy Spirit. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it the beginning, it is now, shall be, world without
0: end. Amen. And the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.